1: Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Wednesday hump day already on the short holiday week here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motor Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Boy, did we have a lot to get into today. That's really just come about the last couple hours. First of all, with Coach K retiring at the conclusion of this season, multiple reports have come out. That was about two hours ago, and looks like Associate Head Coach John Shire is going to be the successor in the short order. So Coach K retiring at the end of next season. That is the big story of the day, biggest of the day. And now, of course, we all know he's already a Hall of Famer. We know all of his accomplishments that he's got and first coach to get to 1,000 career wins, five national titles and all the like. But, and he'll always have that, and he's definitely one of the, People on Mount Rushmore for college hoops. There's no question. There's no questions answered, and I, I think he and I really liked him as a coach. I liked him as a person, the way he worked with recruits, brought people in, worked with students, recognizing that they're student athletes and, and things like that. It's great, but I do wonder though, considering his attitude at times during the season this past year with dealing with with the pandemic and everything during the year. Even mentioned in the midst of a bad season for Duke. He, he even said himself, maybe we shouldn't be playing at all. And I said at the time, how convenient. And I wonder the same thing here with this retirement. There's a couple other things starting to come out. People are speculating, well, it's because of everything happening with the transfer portal now and how out of control that has gotten. And it's... Starting to phase out old-time coaches. Of course, Roy Williams retired a few months ago, so the era in basketball and college hoops is definitely changing. No doubt about that. And then there is, and also, but the name, image, and likeness—that's right around the corner here and changing. Which I don't really understand that point because Mike Shishetski has always been for name, image, and likeness. So I didn't really get that take. But if you want to talk about the transfer portal, I can definitely see that because it's it's already a grueling process to bring just players to get in and committed then to have to re-recruit them while they're there that's a lot and he's getting up there so I I can understand it from that standpoint so it's it's really a, a fascinating situation as to what was why now for Coach K to retire but he is retiring nonetheless at the end of next season and Fox Sports Tim Brando is going to join us at 4:06 with his reaction to that. So we look forward to having Tim back on with us. It's been a while since he's rejoined this year on the Steve Jones show. So we look forward to bringing him on at 4:06 today. Nate Bauer too from Blue White Illustrated is also going to join us today. He had some interesting takes on where, why now for Beaver Stadium to going back to full capacity and the rest of the Penn State athletics. He's had some very interesting comments about that. So I look forward to that. I think we, I believe he's joining us at 335 today. Now, other piece of news that also came through today is Joellen B. We now know what the injury is for the Sixers. And it's a meniscus tear in that right knee. And that is not what we all wanted to hear if you're a Sixer fan. Not at all. And, of course, he will not play tonight as the Sixers will try it again to close out the series with the Wizards game five tonight in front of the full crowd at Wells Fargo Center for the first time since the pandemic started. So that's big for the Sixers. And I I think they still will get it done tonight now that they know he's out. You You can fully game plan around it now plus you'll have the big home crowd Sixers have been really good at home this year with or without Dwell and bead so I think I don't think it's an easy game. I wouldn't be surprised if it came down to the fourth quarter necessarily but I think the sixers will close it out you're done
0: you are done you're you're done you're cooked you're fried <laughs> your team's gonna lose your team's gonna lose three more I'll start to hit the panic you button know. if they
1: if they lose tonight how about that? That'll start hitting the panic button, but I, I think they'll still take care of business. Your,
0: your baseball team just lost three games in a row to the Tigers. You got swept.
1: Well, yeah, you got that swept was swept
0: by a team that doesn't have a single guy that would start for you.
1: Listen, they are all—they are all a whole new different story. The Yankees, right now, at least they finally got the dub last night, thanks to Clint Frazier. But yeah, they're a whole different story right now. But at least I can laugh at the Celtics where they're at right now. I didn't even touch on them yet.
0: Uh, the Celtics, well, it doesn't help when Jalen Brown is out. Um, you know, you're talking about one of, you know, one of your top players. But, you know, they were not going to win in that series. Uh, Brad Stevens will take over in the front office. You know, it's interesting, with Mike Krzyzewski retiring today, You know, he'll retire at the end of the season. Mike will be 75, by the way, when he does step aside. Uh, but Brad Stevens I'm telling you right now the bubble did a number on a lot of people it really did the bubble did a number on a lot of people uh, you know all this all the protocols and everything that everybody had to go through Matt, it was not easy for anybody to handle it, and that includes Mike Shishovsky. That includes Brad Stevens. I mean, Stevens cited the bubble as like one of those like it just like sucked the joy out of the job completely.
1: That is certainly now he's understandable. to something
0: in the front office. Yeah, you know, and that's that's across the board. You're finding that with with so many people. And I, th- you know. And Mike Shishovsky, you know, at one point Mike Shishovsky even questioned playing the season. If you remember,
1: yes. I still, uh, I, I think still it has think a lot to do with it. I, I still think when he said those comments, I think it was more out of frust I think some of the frustration of Duke's particular season had something to do with it. But now you mention that, I could buy that.
0: Uh, uh, I, I think it has. I think there's, it's to be thought about because look I mean, why didn't Penn State play in a bowl game last year? They could have because at that point after playing nine straight weeks and doing all that every, they had enough they had enough and I don't think people realize just how hard it was there was just so little joy in it I have to admit today, now, I had a Caddyshack Bishop moment.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> Was this on the golf course earlier now, today? Y-
0: yes, two of, two of my grandson. Because the Spikes don't play today. The Spikes are playing at Williamsport tonight, so I'm not doing the game tonight. Okay. So I've been at the ballpark the last five nights. All right. Yeah, I mean, tremendous. Enjoy it the whole thing. Well, it turns out that, you know, this is the night I've got off. And it ironically, two of my grandsons are playing Little League tonight. One's playing T ball and one's playing uh, Kid Pitch 910. All right. So I want to make sure I get out to see at least one at bat of the T baller and then a couple of at bats of the of the older one. And because I don't have a game tonight tonight I do tomorrow night yeah you know, I thought you know let's let's get out and play golf this morning okay you know so I I did all my update stuff on the on the spikes that I'll need for tomorrow so I go out to the golf course I playing, and Matt it, it's it's really is a really nice morning to play it was like 68 69 it was a little humid out there no big deal it was like really comfortable I'm having I'm having a good time I'm having a good time and I uh, just so for reference, I started on seven. So when I say I got to fifteen, I had not played fifteen holes. Okay, at that point. Uh, so uh, fifteen would have been my ninth hole, I think, right? And so I get there, and it starts to rain. Like okay, I'm like, yeah it's so what, no big deal. It's raining. Eh, who cares right? you know, I mean, just a little gentle shower you know, I get on the green, boom, couple putts, we're done yeah, I go to 16, and I'm playing the white course So I'm playing the par 3 And it starts to rain a little bit more Alright, so you know, I hit a 7-iron just to the left of the green I'm like, alright, hit a lob wedge onto the green Two putts, alright, now it's starting to come down more I'm like, alright It was really starting to come down more, and I get to 17. And 17 at the white course, one of my favorite holes that I play. I don't care anywhere I play. I said, Well, you know what? You're driving the ball better today than you have all season, which helps because I I went to a friend of mine and said, Look, what am I doing with my driver here? I think you wanted to burn it at one point. No, I said, It's okay. All right. so, So I get up on 17, boom, and I whack a drive. It's I said, All right, just drive down, pick the ball up, go back to the parking lot, get out of here. Well, I get there and I look at the shot and I'm like, Man, boy, I'm only like a sandwich away. <laughs> so ah, I gotta hit another one. And it's really coming down. It's like the bishop and Caddyshack. Right? So I hit the sandwich, I'm like, Oh, I'm five feet from the hole. Now it's really coming down. <laughs> so I pull up to the side of the green, grab the putter, run down, snake the putt for Birdie. <laughs> it's really coming down. I'm stoked.
1: <laughs> but at least you made Birdie. But it That's was worth it. It, Matt. Part. Yes. it was worth it. I would have done the same it thing. It. Yes. <laughs> it was worth it. Yes. It was worth it. I think I've
0: got him in the car going back saying saying to myself, you are an idiot. <laughs> you should have just quit after the 15th hole. You should have. You, sir, I quit after the drive. my hero! And I had just one of those Bishop and Caddyshack moments where I felt like Bill Murray was next to me saying, I don't think the heavy stuff's coming down for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I sit there and go, you are a dope. But I did birdie. You did. <laughs> there you go. It may have been a total dope doing it, but I did. I birdied it. <laughs> oh, man. All right, we'll take a break. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at... SunburyMotors.com, a News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay. All right off the inbounds, and that is it. This one is over, and Duke beats St. John 77-68 at Madison Square Garden, and our nationwide radio and television audience has been privileged to witness another monumental sporting event here this afternoon. Mike Sushevsky has accomplished something that no other NCAA Division I coach ever has. He just kept off the 1,000th
1: victory in an already monumental coaching career.
0: Is that Bob Harris?
1: I believe that was. He's
0: no longer the play-by-play guy. Yeah, uh, Bob Harris was the legendary play-by-play voice of Duke football and basketball. You know, it's, it's interesting. Bob Harris broadcast Duke football, basketball. Woody Durham broadcast North Carolina football, basketball. They grew up best friends. How about that? I didn't know that. Kind uh, of a marvelous uh, deal, and they would have putted for birdie too if they had an opportunity of <laughs> driving rainstorm, I guarantee you. Get back in the cart and I think of myself you stubborn <laughs> you are so stubborn, <laughs> oh my goodness, well. Yeah, Mike Shashevsky will retire at the end of this season. We will talk with uh, Tim Brando about that at 406. Uh, So he'll be 75 when he does retire. Uh, Five national titles. It's interesting. Mike Shashevsky is. If Mike Shashevsky had the beginning of his career in today's environment, I don't know if he would have survived. You look at Duke's record, and what really changed it around for him was getting Mark Gallery, Jay Billis, Johnny Dawkins, and then out of Philly, got Gene Banks. And that really formed the foundation of his first great team, but also formed the foundation of his culture. Ten years ago this month... Mike Shushevsky came here to Penn State to Eisenhower Auditorium and he and Joe Paterno were up on stage with Reese Davis. And Reese Davis, by the way, did a phenomenal job with them. And I remember, you know, in 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 discussion afterward, Jay Billis was part of the discussion. You know, I said I said, Jeez. I said, Jay, I didn't realize Mike was that funny. And he looked at me, he says, you know, funny thing, Steve, was going to say the same thing about Joe. I didn't realize Joe was that funny. Joe had a phenomenal sense of humor. He was, Joe was so funny. Uh, but Mike Krzyzewski. But they talked about leadership. And something he talked about, one of the more enjoyable experiences he had as a coach, was when Shane Battier was on the team. Because Battier would take care of everything within the locker room. And Mike Shashevsky said, my attitude always was, I could now really coach because I knew Shane would take care of it. Just like when Joe talked about like Mike Reed, Steve Smear, he knew that they would take care of the Penn State locker room, which Joe then related as well. But you learn so much from those who have been around the block, and I found that to be a fascinating couple of hours Sitting there that day listening to these two. And that's why you see what James Franklin does with Penn State football. He's got that leadership council because he wants that same thing where you don't have to babysit every section of your program. You have people who are leaders who can take care of it. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. be the first team ever in the NBA to lose four straight after winning the opening break. You would just be insane at that point.
1: Uh, You know what? That would just about sum up their luck.
0: When it
1: comes to trying to take that next step towards a championship.
0: You would just be insane. All right. Boy, I'd make the show fun. All right, so. Uh,
1: <laughs> Gee, thanks.
0: <laughs> I don't want you to feel like you're a prop. All right. Great to have you with well, us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Force Reading, Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kier, it's 11 1115 Hummels Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, let's now go to, I'm, I'm going to assume it's the 11th Fairway. Uh Nate Bauer, Blue White Illustrated, sir. Welcome. Great to have you with us.
2: Uh waiting out the rain, maybe. No. I'm sitting on my couch. It's, <laughs> it's, today's not the day. It's just not it's not the right time. But we'll we'll get there. We'll get
0: back. I understand. Nate, yesterday was uh I think I I think we all expected it, uh that they would go to one. It was just a matter of which date they were going to announce it, the one hundred percent. Let's let's get, you know it's great for the fans, the tailgating, everything. But let's get to brass tacks of this. How important is it for Penn State's athletic department financially? They got back to 100 percent at venues. Uh,
2: totally, uh, somebody got mad at me on my message board because I made that exact point, you know. Uh, and I guess it rubs people the wrong way to say that this is purely a financial decision. Um, Obviously, it's not a purely financial decision. Um, But, yeah, like it couldn't, it it could not happen otherwise, right? There were no other options for Penn State Athletics, for the university, and frankly, for this entire
0: community. For State College,
2: yep. State College. This place needs football. And there can be arguments and discussions about where it fits, in terms of our cultural priorities I'm fine with having those but to deny what it means to have Penn State football pack in the house on Saturdays in the fall is lunacy it's just it's it's a detachment from from reality well, um, and so yeah dad no, it's, it's it's huge uh, obviously um, you know not sure what you saw last night a sandy barber on the coach's caravan but you know, her first word was finally, mm. right? Like they've, they've known, they've, this has not been a secret uh, internally that, that things were going to head this direction. Obviously, you know, uh, the governor's office has uh, made that intent clear, but they wanted to have all their uh, eyes dotted and T's crossed and, and make sure everything was exactly the way it needs to be before they made the announcement. But th- this, is, this is what had to happen, no question.
0: Well, I've always been about the big picture of this. Um, I mean, I'm you know, obviously I think about football and men's basketball because those are the two sports, obviously, I announce. So, obviously, there's a, a direct attachment for me to each one. So that that's critical. But I'm always thinking about the other 702 student-athletes. Besides yep. the 98 in football and basketball, that are on scholarship. There's 702 other student athletes who rely on this revenue to have their opportunity, and that's how I look at it. Nate, do you see it the same yep. way?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and you know, I, I did think that um, you know we're we're going inside baseball here, but one of the it it was curious to me that the university released a press release. Uh, last week, either Thursday or Friday, about the self-sustaining nature of the athletic department for fiscal year 2020, right. um, because that's not the one that matters, right? Right. That's uh, that's the that's, that
0: that's the one that went to June 30th, to 2020. Not the one that's going to be that's going to come out this year.
2: Correct. And so that number is important. It's it's positive for Penn State that they ran a a, a revenue surplus. All, all of that stuff is good. But, and as Sandy acknowledged last night, there's going to be a deficit this year, right? You're, yeah, they lost out on some tournament revenue uh, at the onset of the pandemic, but a lot of that stuff was already in the books. They, they, they knew where they were going to come out um, for, for fiscal year 2020. 21, however, from July until this July is going to be a different story. Um, you, you know, there were expense decreases, right, concurrent to revenue decreases. You weren't, you weren't able to, to get ticket revenue, um, you know, but they still got the TV money. Um, but at the same time, you were spending less on recruiting expenses, travel expenses, all of those kinds of things. But as she said last night, you know, they're still expecting to have an eighteen to $20 million deficit uh, for this past year. But as you're saying, and to your point, that is critical to be 18 to 20 million dollars instead of 50 to 75 million dollars, which is what it could have been and might have been um, if things if things had continued. So, yeah, they'll they'll you know it it's fine, it's going to be fine. But a huge part of that process of it being fine is what the announcement was yesterday?
0: I realize Ryan Snyder's the one that locks in on what I'm about to talk about here, but there's, there, there's also a time, but there's also a time management question that's involved here because uh, the dead period ended, obviously this week. It ended yesterday. In terms yes. of time management between camps and evaluations, when you've talked to some of the people up there, what have they told you about what it's going to take time management wise to negotiate and make June successful?
2: Yeah, I mean it is. It's the opposite of last year, right? Uh, you know yeah. they they um, they got to figure it out, and they they know. I mean it's going to be hair on fire for a month. Um, it's funny. I was uh, delivering coffee to my wife yesterday and i drove by the stadium and oh,
0: this is one of those like great saint moments where like all of a sudden like all every husband out there feels like two inches tall okay i got it you,
2: yeah. you know this, is, this trust gonna... me she can confirm this does not happen very often <laughs> uh, but you know what i didn't I, make the coffee in the morning i owed her and I, so i drove by the stadium Yep. Yeah. and driving by the stadium you, you know look uh Ten o'clock on a Tuesday in June.
0: Yeah. You don't
2: really expect the stadium sound system to yeah. be blaring, yeah, and, and for you know, right? For and the and, for the, sc- the and the
0: scoreboard lit up.
2: Scoreboard all lit up, right? And I texted Ryan and said, "Hey, man, you know, just FYI, they they must be hosting people at uh, at the stadium." And he was like, uh, "Yeah, dude, obviously, you idiot." <laughs> You know, like, this is the way it is for the next 30 days, right? They're, they're, they are going to be uh, full bore, full go. It is recruiting, getting guys on campus, uh, you know, and, and making up for lost time in a lot of situations.
0: Yeah, it, it will be. I mean, there's no no question about it. How did you look at the spring, Nate? I mean, in the end, you got a chance to watch a couple of the practices, um, yeah. So, I mean, what do you think in terms of their placement of where they are right now to set a foundation for what they need to do in the preseason?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so much better than a year ago. I mean, I, I just you know, hindsight obviously changes things a little bit, but as I reflect on last year, my main takeaway is how hard it was to take anything really seriously. Um, in terms of what happened, right, zero and five, and the offensive struggles, and and all that stuff, I viewed all of it through the lens of how could it be any different? Like, okay, maybe they win some of those games, right? Maybe they go two and three or three and two, and mm-hmm. things shake out at in Indiana a little bit differently. But it wasn't a real season, and it's not a real season because not of the games they played but because the six or seven months leading into it were so abnormal. And and even once they got into it, it was so abnormal. It's just not fair to expect a seamless transition or a seamless process to your goals if you cannot work towards them. And the bottom line last spring and last summer is that Penn State football – was kneecapped in its ability to do those things from a variety of perspectives, more so than competitors who had had the opportunity to have springs.
0: Including uh, including Indiana, by the way. Indiana was correct. actually, yes, people don't realize Indiana had not all, but had a pretty good chunk of spring practice. So did Ohio State. Those are the first two games Penn State played.
2: So did Northwestern, so who did North- happened to have a very successful season.
0: Maryland. Um, Maryland actually yep. had some. Yep.
2: Yep. You know, so these so these were things that if you're paying attention, y- you kinda you see. And and that was those were all critical things. And so for me, if I'm evaluating this spring, it's it's not about the fifteen practices that they had. It's about the next three months. Right. Yeah. Y- y- spring practice is about yes, figuring some things out from a coaching perspective. Um, but it's also about giving your players the tools with which to work themselves. Uh, and so that's, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. You gotta, you gotta put your guys in a position where they can maximize every rep that they have over the summer. And guess what? They finally have that. They finally got that opportunity this spring, oh, oh, oh. does that mean that everything's going to be perfect uh they no they oh. they still have issues to to resolve, and there are still things that sure. uh need to be shored up, but they're going to be so much better prepared going into this season uh than they were last year
0: Let me give everyone just a simple guide as to the normal you know how abnormal last year was. Just look at the weights of the players. Yeah. Right. They put out what how many times? Three, four different rosters with weights on them last year. That sound right? So you have certain uh, yeah. Yeah, weights came out uh and the roster after they were done with the winter workouts. And they did, by the way, finish all their winter workouts a year ago. And then all of a sudden you get the the summer numbers and you're like, uh there are a lot of guys that yep. lost a lot of weight. Uh huh. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. Now you have to build that back up while then trying to get ready for a season. So, I mean, just something, just something as simple as that, that should tell you how different it was. Just, I mean, just the simplicity of it.
2: I had an interview with Dwight Galt, right, strength coach. um, You know, maybe I don't know. Let's say a month into the shutdown. Yeah. And Dwight, who who you know is. A an effervescent, highly motivated. Yep. You know uh, he's a light, right? Like he's got a, a shining presence. Uh, man, I sound ridiculous. No, uh, no, but no, but, but you know what? But
0: see, the difference is we know him, and that is how he is. I mean, he yeah. is he is a hard-working, uh focused but positive individual.
2: And the point is, he was as depressed. Yeah. And and there was. There was nothing he could do, right? And so that was the whole tenor of that interview. Was I? I, I don't know what we're going to do, right? Some of these guys, you, you just you don't understand, right? Like they don't have access to equipment. They don't have access to to anything. They're talking about going to Lowe's and buying yeah. fifty pound bags of sand so that some of these guys have anything to work with and to work out with. This is this is a leak high level training with elite high level facilities that you need to be able to do this on a day by day hour by hour process and to not have any of that at your disposal it blows it all up it it just it was not possible uh to to do those things that you need to do um you know in those regards and and he knew it he knew it and that's how it, that's honestly, that's
0: how it played out. You're right. right. Uh, I don't know how often, how much, or how often he had a chance to at least converse with Sean Clifford uh, during the course of the spring. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. he, he had a chance to talk with Mike probably, too, at some point. Mike Juricich mm-hmm. I'm referring to. I get the sense, in my conversations with him, He's in a you know, look. There's work to be done. I mean, I mean, you know, Mike will be the first to tell you, hey, this isn't where we want it to be. I don't expect it to be where he wants it to be in the spring, right? Yep. But I sense Sean Clifford felt he was in a really good place. What did you think?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's. I, I think so. I, I'm not sure what else Sean can say, you know, but I do think that there's a little Mike Kasicki going on here, right? Where you have a little bit of success and things don't go the way that you plan, right. Mm -hmm. The year after that. And, and so Sean, uh, again, like I I hate playing psychologists. We don't, we don't know these guys the way that uh, obviously their friends and family and coaches and those kind of people know them, but Sean had some level of growing up to do. Right, and that's easy for me to say. All right, uh, I still haven't grown up. I'm Peter Pan. But <laughs> Sean, the way he dealt with things, the way he responded to things, I think that last year, obviously the end of the 2019 season, were were eye opening to him. He hadn't experienced that before. He had not had, um, you know, he had not endured those kinds of reactions and frustrations, um, you know, and criticisms. Frankly, right, and so to have the experience that he had last year, and to come out of it with some of the success that he did down the stretch, to get some of that mojo back, to have a a new offensive coordinator, that they're they're all steps toward erasing the bad, right? Toward towards being able to pivot and and you know it. I don't know what the high end is there. Like I don't know what the ceiling is, but I know, and I think what some of his comments reflected this this spring were that day, day at a time, and if you're moving in the right direction, that's that's all you ask for is take take the steps that you can take without taking steps back. And so I think that this spring presented that opportunity for him. I think that Mike Girsuch provides a clean slate. I think there's excitement there. Um, you know, but He's got to do it. He's got to do it, and he's got to do it yeah. in ac- in accordance mm-hmm. with some other elements last year that were not there, that didn't get the pub that they should have. The offensive line wasn't as good as it needed to be, mm-hmm. and that dictated quite a bit of how he performed at the beginning of the season, right? And that's yeah. again, like that's not a knock on Phil Trout line. it it, it was the conditions. It was what sure. they had. To Absolutely. Deal with. Yep. But that impacted Sean's performance and it kind of spiraled from there well guess what you got a clean slate, you get to work on it you get to work with them Uh, restrictions are done COVID's over, hallelujah let's go
0: well, in fact, that will be my last question to you, uh, Nate, because, you know, you mentioned your wife earlier you brought her coffee, which which was, you know, which is great. But it also, it's uh, what she does, uh, I'm sure, helped shape how you felt about the pandemic. I think that'd be fair, right? Sure. Yeah.
2: Sure. No, yeah, uh, so my, my wife's a physician. Yep, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So in that, uh, in the last couple of days at the ballpark uh, with the spikes, I have found people i've found a the lack a lack of tension i mean i sense tension for the last year plus everywhere you turn i mean i mean just going to the grocery store to you know to go over and go hey i'd like a you know i'd like to you know pick up some cantaloupe and and a couple of muffins (laughs) okay just stay away uh yeah uh, have you sensed now with this move to 100 percent? obviously have you sensed the same thing that there's that lack of tension is now gone and people want to let loose
2: yeah, I, I mean, certainly. Look, like, I, yes, I get the feedback from our our Bluewood Illustrated community. Um, I can tell you for myself that the in in the context of sports in particular, the experience and the feeling last year were horrible. <laughs> Right, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, and I'm sure you sensed it too. And th- it was things that I didn't appreciate. But walking into the stadium last year for the Ohio State game at night, and driving right up to the parking lot and seeing no souls out there was horrible. It was awful.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There, there, there was no yeah. novelty to it. It was depressing, and I don't think. I knew how much I personally needed the that return, right? We 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 got to get back together. Yeah. We got to we got to be around each other. Exactly. We need it. Uh I, it yeah. it's our souls. It's got to happen. I sound like a traveling minister here, but like it it <laughs> is it is integral to who we are and what this community is. And yeah, you get you get that step where guess what? There, there are no legal restrictions here and not only are there no legal restrictions here but there's science behind it that says hey guys, we can get back together yeah. we can start to do the things that we used to do and feel confident about it and less nervous, no anxiety that going to the ballpark is going to kill you right. that's huge it's a major weight lifted I think from all of our
0: no, no question about it, my friend. It's always a pleasure. I enjoy every conversation we have. I appreciate it very much.
2: Hey, right, me too. Thank you for having me.
0: Nate Bauer, Blue White Illustrated. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.